what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This is The Writer's Voice, a podcast collaboration between TheMesh.tv and Lenore Ryan University, a spotlight on writing talent in Western North Carolina. Hello, and welcome to The Writer's Voice on TheMesh.tv. Today, we are featuring Millie Konselik, a senior English major at Lenore Ryan University. Thank you for being here, Millie. Thank you for having me. Millie will be sharing some of her poetry with us today and sticking around afterwards to answer a few questions. So, Millie, the floor is yours. I'm going to start off with a run. Run, grab the boy, bring him to the ground, swallow him in your arms, be what he needs now, be the mother you never thought you could be, hold him while he sobs about his legs, do what you can to bring comfort, stay. Last summer, that last summer when everything was almost always terrible, I longed for an embrace even when you turned away, even when you wouldn't acknowledge me in public, even when you were laying next to me. You left long before I realized, long before I knew how much I love you. I loved you. I see our picture I can't erase. I look at it when I am lonely, my own torture. Your voice rings in my ears. I see us in the mirror joking about the family and life we would have. That last summer when everything was almost always terrible. You asked for the moon, I gave you the galaxy. I asked for a tree in your heart, you gave me a shovel. I left and grew my own tree. Broken as it may be, maybe the leaves will grow next spring. Concepts. Love is not real. Time does not exist. Space is empty. Time and space do not mean love. It does not mean love is gone. That emptiness only closes till time and space pass along, up one mountain to slide down another, capturing a moment, but when all is said and done, it all fades away, but you. How I stayed. A lump of clay is in my throat. Be my lover, I'll cover you. Open your door, I'll be your tenant. A thousand years ago, maybe actually seven or eight. I lived in a room with a rickety floor, sliding closet doors, because the bathroom is not where you make love. We turn, laugh, you hold me indifferently. It is the quiet that happens after. You trace my back. I find the spots on your chest that amaze me. Memories flood my mind of drunken nights spent in the surprisingly spacious bathroom. We hid from my roommate. We hid from the world. There was something you could never give me. Even now, you think I want it. What I want is to not be reminded of you at every turn. I've made it here. Now I have to stay. Staying with you would have killed me. You knew this all too well. You made it so I would break when you left. I'm not looking for an apology. That would be a waste of time. What I am looking for you is for you to realize you can break people. You can kill people with your words, actions, even when you look and can't speak. You have immortalized me. I will live in a book, on a shelf, when you see me, when I am spoken aloud. Remember, you can only commemorate me for so long. I never knew leaving you would make this harder. Putting words on a page seemed easy until I met you. I could let the words flow without hesitation. I am afraid of the art I will make. 
I reminisce the words you would tell me, the world you built me, how you crafted words without hesitation to fill my spirits and make me soar. Suddenly, all those words that built this bridge fell under the weight, the weight I had put on you, the weight of the life I wanted with you. Your words ruined me. Your words ruined mine. I think of the indifference we share now. You see me, I see you, neither of us speaking. We only remember what was once there, what we once were. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Millie. Yeah. Uh, a lot of emotion and feeling went into that. So that is a great segue into my first question with your writing process. Mm-hmm. Energizing or exhausting? A little bit of both, I would have to say. Um, I usually get little pops into my head of lines and I'll write them down in notes on my phone and I'll go for a few minutes about just what could come next, what could come next. So there's this big burst of energy and then I leave it. So then I come back a little bit later, maybe a few days, and then I focus all of my energy on how can I make this into a perfect image and how can I get my initial thought over it. So of those poems, uh, the, the one that you read at the last seemed very emotionally connected to someone. Fact or fiction? Fact. Okay, excellent. We will leave it at that. <laughs> Because sometimes the mystery is, is what the, uh, where the appeal is. What did you edit out of these poems? So for that last one, I edited out, edited out a lot of content that I would like to keep personal per what I had spent with someone in a relationship. Um, and for the first one, Run, that actually was a very hard thing that, went th- that I had gone through. Um, I had witnessed a car accident and gotten out of my car to help someone and... I attempted to call the hospital and see if I could find any information, but I can't because I'm not family Mm -hmm. at that time. And that was the way I was able to sort of go through that and pick out that emotion for it. And I kept out a lot of the details of their names and of the family, the, the dynamic I had seen during when I was helping the boy, but I tried to keep as much of it out to keep the raw feelings into it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and they were they were definitely kept in there. What does literary success look like to you? Literary success. Um, I don't really think that term exists for me. I don't think it truly exists. It's kind of like a debate about what can be considered high literature. It, I don't think there is one specific category. I think a good thing that liter- literature does for people is it can lead you down rabbit holes and it can lead you down discussions of what does this mean? What is the truth in this aspect? Or what kind of emotions can someone put into this? And what do you bring to the table as a reader or as someone just hearing a poem on a talk show or a podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think literary success is it is just being able to put your your work out there, if anything. Do you see yourself um, being published and, you know, whatever your measure of success is? I do see a little bit of that. I am a very theatrical person, so I do a lot of work on stage, especially at LR. Um, And I have helped, and I've published a little bit in Cantos, our literary magazine. Mm -hmm. So I think just that is success for me in itself. Just being able to have a few people read it is enough. How old were you when you first started writing poetry? 16. 
Okay, so this is sort of fairly new then. Mm-hmm. Very new. And what was that first initial bang, or was it even an initial bang, or was it just more of a slow process? It was a little bit of a slow process for me. I had started reading poetry because of being in high school and feeling a bunch of high school emotions at the time that were just a lot, truly, for a person. But just being able to get something out was where it started. I just kind of started writing down in journals, and I had found an old diary I had kept when I was a little kid in my nightside, in my bedside table, and I had started, like, looking through it, and it was all of these, like, ghastly images of, like, theirs are embarrassing to talk about now, but of, like, wedding designs, and it's what really sparked my first interest in writing poetry like I have all of these embarrassing pieces how can I make this into something that people would enjoy yeah yeah that's a great way of looking at it and then lastly how has being a student at LR helped your writing process oh gosh I think being a student at LR has been the best thing for my writing process honestly I got to meet Scott Owens who is a local poet here and owns Tasteful Beans, and he's the one who really pushed me to keep going into poetry and to explore what I could do for poetry and what poetry could do for me. So LR gave me that initial opportunity to meet Scott Owens and to have that little boost of confidence. And then all of my other English professors, Dr. Bailey, Dr. Fisher, Dr. Heller, all encouraged, yeah, submit to Cantos. You can do it. You can set your mind on anything. And all a lot of encouraging things happened at LR in that community. And I've always felt accepted at that community. And even if I was embarrassed by a piece I wrote or felt like it wasn't to a great standard, I could share it with my peers and with my professors. And they would read it and they would say, it's a great starting point. Let's make it better together. And Mm -hmm. they would help me push and push myself to make it into a better piece. That's wonderful. Well, Millie, thank you for joining us today and sharing your voice. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening in. To find out more about the talent coming out of Hickory, North Carolina and Lenore Rhine University, visit www.lr.edu and keep listening to TheMesh.tv for more readings, excerpts, and insights. Until next time. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.